Well, good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Tuesday, August 15th, 2023. And our top story today, now New Jersey is the only state that doesn't let you pump your own gas. And joining me now to break it all down and a lot more, Ray McGrath. He's a car enthusiast. Ray, it's always great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. No, glad to be with you, Mr. Snyder, or Jeff, as, as you go by. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, Jeffrey, Mr. Snyder, whatever you want to call me is fine. I prefer Jeff. Uh, Ray, um, really interesting development. I want to get your take on this. I think it's a unique take. One, you're a car enthusiast, been a car enthusiast for a long time. Also, you live in the state of New Jersey. So uh, New Jersey now, with Oregon passing a bill, New Jersey now uh, is the only state that requires automobile uh, owners and drivers to pump to not pump their own gas. Want to get you because Oregon just passed a law saying that people can pump their own gas. So, forty-nine states allow you to pump your own gas. One state, the Garden State, doesn't. Reaction to that? Um, you know, I I would say uh, the momentum maybe is is now, or all the focus is on New Jersey to repeal the law. At, at some point, they would say that um, if if you could pump your own gas, potentially. Uh, the price of the pump would come down a little bit because you don't have to pay a, an, a, for an attendant. And then they also promoted it as saying, well, you know, it's a safety thing. Folks can spill gasoline, create a fire, and, and there, there's dangers there. But, you know, I think in reality, um, you know, if, if the other 49 states can do it, I'm sure the people in New Jersey could probably do it as well. I say could because a uh, little side story, my wife took my daughter to... Uh, to go look at colleges years ago and they stopped in Rhode Island to get gas and they did not even know how to open the door on the side of the car never mind work the pump and put it in and so and my daughter sent me a, a funny video of this because she thought it was hilarious that her mom had no idea you know at you know 50 years of age to to use a gas pump so <laughs> so there so, so Ray clearly there's a little bit of education that is needed but let's talk a little bit about the price for a second how much more by your estimation just rule of thumb, because you, in your day job, may travel out of state. And so you may be outside the New Jersey area. So what is the differential, in your estimation, you don't have to be exact, between pumping regular gas in New Jersey and pumping it for yourself in another state? So, I mean, right now, it's about uh, 350 a gallon here in New Jersey. But New York, Pennsylvania, right nearby where you pump your own, they're more expensive. But And I think all that comes down to is the state taxes. So... In New Jersey's relatively inexpensive for this area. I mean, we're not Oklahoma, but still, um, I, I don't know if the price would come down at the pump at all, to be honest. And maybe a penny or two. I mean, the Costco by me is say three forty-five, but um, I, I don't know. Uh, it's hard to say, Jeff. I, I, I don't really think they're not really talking so much about the price coming down. Maybe it would be just that stations could be opened throughout the night because you don't have to have an attendant out there at, at yeah. 1 a.m., which is in some ways could be dangerous. So yep. there's a lot of concerns about that. But I mean, outside of your uh, wife and your outside of your wife and your daughter, I think a lot of people could figure out how, could pump their own gas. Right. I mean, I don't think it's too, uh, difficult. And I do. 
do understand the argument about safety. And I think that, you know, obviously you don't want to go spilling uh, gasoline on yourself or on the, on the ground or on your vehicle, because that could be, make it flammable. Um, you know, Ray, let's just talk for a couple of minutes about what goes into the price of gas. Cause I think you brought it up. You talked about the taxation. So there is a net price of gas that each filling station has to pay to their supplier, right? Mm-hmm. Then there is, what, what else goes into that? There's taxation. Well, there's, there's the federal tax and then there's a host of different state taxes. So New Jersey um, uses a gasoline tax to pay for, I don't know, 100%, but a percentage of the road repairs. So, you know, in some ways there's an argument that, hey, folks in electric cars aren't paying towards road maintenance, but the gas tax in New Jersey is is indexed or set every year based on uh, the budget for the roads department. So um, even though we have tons of toll roads and whatnot, we still have uh, everyone is paying a percentage of their gasoline purchase to the state for for road repair. Yeah, you do bring up an interesting point. Those people, those folks, and by all accounts, the number of EV vehicles going up, I'm not sure it's where I think people expect it to be, but it's certainly people are, are buying more of these vehicles. Um, when you when you kind of, I wonder what the government will do to kind of factor in the replacement cost for people that are no longer pumping gas, right? They're saving money on the, on the front end, but right. uh, will they have to pay more on the back end? I mean, EV owners may, or they may increase the tax on tires because, you know, it's a little known fact, but EV cars go through tires a lot faster and a lot of it has to do with the instant torque you get with an electric motor, and all that torque is put right to the pavement through your rubber tires, and you you go through tires faster because you you can accelerate so much faster. Um, so sort of inadvertent, but you know maybe the states will increase the tax. There is a state tax on tires too, but it's not that much. But you know EV owners may may go through tires thirty percent faster. So who knows? Yeah. And just to tie off this conversation, because I need to go to a commercial break. Let's talk about the, the different types of fuel. So there are different EPA regulations. And again, that may have a impact on the total cost. So we've already talked about federal and state tax that goes into uh, the price of gasoline. But there may also be costs associated with some of these blends. They have something called the summer blend, something for the, uh, I guess, the fall winter. And it really has to do with the consistency and I guess the uh, contaminant or the pollutants that go into the air or the ev- evaporative ability. So I think, um, you know, winter or summer gas, um, you know, can evaporate faster. So you can get more, um, I guess, hydrocarbons into the atmosphere. So they they create a summer blend, which doesn't evaporate as quickly compared to the winter blend. But there's some costs associated with creating that special blend. And then in the fall and the spring, when the refineries have to um, Kind of reformulate their mixture. There's a shutdown period as they're adjusting. So there's there's some of those costs as well. Uh, and then there's also, I mean, ethanol. I mean, for the most part, most states are 10% ethanol, at least in this part of the world. But other places you can get E15, E85, which is 85% ethanol. You don't have the same power um, uh, combustion combustion ability, but um, it comes at a lower cost because you know you're using. Um, mainly corn, you know, corn juice, if you want to use the derogatory term, but, you know, um, you know, it's, so, a technical, it's a technical term, Ray. Yes. Uh, well, Ray, let me, we need to go to a very quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the cost of car insurance. Maybe we'll find some tips about how you can lower the cost of your car insurance. I think Ray's some, got some good ideas. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN. Right. Yeah. 
Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses, I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Ray, thanks so much for staying with us. Really appreciate you hanging around for segment number two this morning. My pleasure. Uh, Ray, I want to switch gears with you. And the cost of car insurance uh, has just gone up significantly. One, during the pandemic, people were driving less, and so cost car insurance went down. But I know with my own personal uh, experience, my car insurance has gone up about 20 to 30 percent of what it was during the pandemic. First, what's been your experience? And also, you have children, you have a wife. Uh, I would imagine some or all are on your uh, car insurance policy. Mm -hmm. And I and two of my children were male. So they, they kind of at least in New Jersey, there's a penalty for being a male under the age of 26 <laughs> because uh, you, they so figure aggressive. out to impress um, maybe the opposite sex. I'm not sure, but they do charge. A, there's a bit of an underwriting surcharge for young, inexperienced male drivers, which you pay for. But um, yeah, Jeff, I mean, the reason insurance is is going up is, and especially comprehensive or collision coverage is um, because we're all well aware of the supply chain issues and shortage of parts and chips. But there's also a shortage of uh, qualified technicians who can repair, um, you know, today's vehicles. And the parts that go into them have gotten more expensive because of the supply chain issues. So all of that results into higher repair costs, which unfortunately are passed to the consumer. So maybe even though inflation is only 3% today, I mean, over the last two or three years, we've probably seen 15% inflation, which is baked into today's numbers. So in, in effect, it's kind of downstream, but it will show up in your car insurance bill when you renew, unfortunately. Uh yeah, it is unfortunate, but I mean, that's just, that's just the way, first of all, insurance rates are set at the state level. So the state regulators review uh, premium increases. Uh, but, but number two, Ray, should you, a question to you is, if you're buying a new car or buying a used car, you're just going out and buying a car. So whether it's new or used, should you get a quote in advance? So say you're going from a 19 or 2000 Camry and you're buying the latest Toyota Camry. Should you go out and ping different 
insurance providers, your existing one and others to find out what the cost would be. So you can kind of build that into, so your total cost is not only the cost of the vehicle per month, if you've decided to lease or, or borrow to do it, but it's also the cost of the insurance, the gasoline, et cetera. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, Jeff, most people won't do that, but it's probably a prudent thing to do. I mean, I was watching a show the other night and the guy bought a, a new Rivian, but I'm not picking on electric cars. It, it's, he said it's a very similar to a Honda Pilot okay. certain years where if you get hit in the rear tail light, it will damage. The, um, it's not just you can replace just that one piece of metal. It goes all the way to the driver's door, that whole panel, which becomes a $10,000, $12,000 repair for what you would say, oh, it's only an $800 dent. But it's not because um, some of the cars are designed in such a way that you have to replace the whole panel. Or if it's an electric car, God forbid, the battery is damaged and that could be $12,000. So uh, yeah, I think it, it's probably a good idea to look at the repair costs. And, um, you know, some cars maybe are easier to repair than others. There's m maybe greater parts availability. Yeah. Uh, some, you know, it, it is it is uh, it, it's probably a good practice to try and le at least get a quote from your agent to see what things, you know, yeah, what yeah. the rate would be. Sorry, I, I was going to say I always try to do that. Uh, last question, Ray. Um, a lot of the insurance companies have they they kind of can measure your experience in the vehicle so they can track that so they can track or you're quickly accelerating they can track how much mileage you are actually doing on a day-to-day -day basis uh, and and for that data you get a potential reduction in your mind um as a i mean you've, you've been on the planet a long time you've got children is that a good incentive and uh, are you doing it yourself and I, I know i do it my wife and i do it but do you see that as a good incentive and is it something that consumers should think about um, maybe if you're focused on costs, I do feel like, I think there's a lot of concern about where does this data end up and how is it used? Google. I, I know you could probably Google the Amazon drivers are upset with the camera focused on them all the time. Um, but, uh, it, it, there, there is, there is a lot of ways that you could potentially lower your insurance costs. Even if you don't report data in, in New Jersey, I know when you take your car to inspection, um, they record your odometer. And you think, well, where does that go? But then it goes back, the insurance company gets it. So you might tell your insurance, oh, I only drive a thousand miles a year, but they can look at your inspection records and see that, hey, you're driving 20,000 miles a year. So the data is out there and it's being used, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I just assume that anytime I pick up my phone, anytime I use my email, that data is somehow being, being leveraged. And I guess it's that balancing act that we talk about in the retirement industry and the financial services industry and other industries, putting this data out there uh, but but you look, you need car insurance. It's a, it's a, it's a requirement in most states that you, you carry car insurance. God forbid you get into an accident. God forbid that someone gets hurt. You're going to want the insurance to help support the financial cost of that. Ray, we're going to have to leave it there. Always great to catch up with you. And uh, we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. All right. Thank you, Jeff. And have a great day. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest. Someone you think we should talk to. Drop us a line and don't forget for all the latest curated news and lifestyle wellness finance tech, so much more, all in one place. Check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, then visit our website. We're back again tomorrow for another great edition of BRNAM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving. Don't forget, roll with the changes. Tired of the 
Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.